Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beats his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three and three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. It is Thursday. Preseason football is yes. here. Kind of crept up on us. Like I was saying, the PGA Tour like crept on the PGA Championship. Yeah. I didn't realize there was a 12-game slate. It's a full tonight, slate of games. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. We're going to break down some of those. The NCAA has some rule changes. Yeah. I think that are a good thing. We're going to get a little bit closer to a better uh, system for co- uh, college and high school athletes, which right. I think is a good thing. Um, before we get to the NFL, and we're also going to do a last chance you, uh, bonus podcast. So everybody make sure you check out that. We'll have it out by noon, uh, today. So that's going to be pretty fun too, because we were both dialed into that show and have been a huge fan of it. Before we get to the preseason football, I mentioned the other day that the Mark Wahlberg challenge, I was trying to take him up on it. So he's waking up at 4 a.m. and he's, he's working out, he's yep. calling out everybody. He's doing 47 days because he's 47 years old, right? I asked you, I'm like, how much sleep do you think he gets? So I did a little research, right? I think there's a couple things. One, he's on the West Coast. So he lives on the East Coast, but he goes to the West Coast. Like, I get up at 4 a.m. Like, it's yeah, nothing. you're fine. Like, it's it's 7 a.m. So that's kind of cheating when you do that. The other thing is, I saw him yesterday. He's getting in his hyperbaric chamber to take, uh, like, a two- or three-hour nap in the middle of the day. Like, that makes things a lot easier when you get to go just take chill. And he's, like, listening to do Adele to take his, you know, mid-afternoon yeah, nap. Yeah, he gets like, his zen moments. You don't have those luxuries of... when you got three kids running around. I'm trying to get 20 minutes if I'm lucky. Indeed. So, yeah. Indeed. So you're you're tapping out of the breakfast club is what you're saying? Not, I, mean, I mean, that I got, all boils got, like, down to, like, bags under can't... my eyes. I'm all dehydrated. Like, I'm tired. I'm, so I might have to adjust my 47-day challenge just a little bit. All right. So we see. It off the top, the uh, 12 game slate for the uh, NFL preseason. I honestly, like full disclosure, don't I don't watch, I don't care, correct? I don't pay attention too much to the NFL preseason, but there are some compelling storylines where I actually I feel so starved for football, can't wait for it to come around that I'll actually tune in and watch some tonight. I actually right. will because. Let's start off with the Browns-Giants. Like, this one has some really good... You have the number one versus number two pick, and Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley going head-to-head. You've got the Browns, which have kind of sucked me in because of hard knocks. And, you know, when you're 0-16, there is something compelling about watching them to see what happens. How are they going to be? Um, and then you've got the Giants, who have a new head coach. They're trying... And they're the team I played for, so I'm obviously a little bit, um, you know... Sure. Going to watch them a little bit closer. Uh, so this is a game where I'll actually be tuned in. I'll actually watch a little bit. I'll watch the, I'll watch when these guys play because I, they'll play the first quarter, first half, and then I'm done. I will too. And it's, it's crazy that the Browns, like when was the last time people cared about the Browns? <laughs> like seriously, but they got, they have some, uh, you know, they got a little bit of interest drummed up there. I mean, hard knocks doesn't hurt. You know, I'm, lo- I'm looking for storylines too. And you've got number one and number two picks and both fill huge like voids in what that team had last year, I mean, in theory. But they got Tyrod Taylor uh, in Cleveland to help out as well. They were an anemic passing offense last year. This, like, the numbers were, they were 22nd uh, in the league at 201 passing yards a game, like 30th in the league in yards per attempt. Like, so, you know, you're bringing in two new quarterbacks to address that situation. I'd, I'd love to see what Baker looks like. I want to see how the speed of the game um, affects him early. They're they're anticipating him playing two quarters, so that's a good look at him. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I then, think you have to be careful too when you when you check out the preseason. If you just tune in the next day and you see some of the stats, it can yeah. be misleading because you have to remember Baker Mayfield 
is going to play against a lot of backups. Yeah, sure. And he's going to play vanilla against, schemes, vanilla like, schemes, yeah. vanilla defenses, all that. So I like to actually watch body language. I like to watch their face. I like right. to watch their confidence, their composure in these situations. So that's what I watch. When I watch younger quarterbacks play, yeah. it's more about just kind of seeing how they handle the magnitude of the situation. Sure. Because we've seen quarterback after quarterback after quarterback have monster preseason games and then not even make the squad. Like, yeah. It's so I, misleading. I'm not looking for numbers, I guess. I'm not like – and Saquon in terms of like – Helping with with the the Russian offense, and yeah. Giants last year was really really bad. Yep. I'm not looking for pure numbers, but um, in the preseason as a player, I want to I want to see an attitude. I want to see you carry yourself like this is yours. I'm supposed to be here with like a, a swag, a cachet about yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I I don't want to see the deer in headlights look. And whether it translates into like you know 250 yards passing or it doesn't, it's irrelevant to me at that point. Like I, to your point about. You know, preseason. I played against Michael Jordan in the preseason one year at Penn State. Uh-huh. I had 21 points. Like I thought I was gonna, <laughs> like I thought I was an, an MVP candidate next year. Like I barely got on the court. You know what I mean? Right. The next time we saw him in the in the regular season, like I didn't touch the ball. So they're two different animals. But I want to see someone who's like really chomping at the bit to get out there um, and and have that swag. And I I, I want to to your it's kind of body language. I want to see you carry yourself. Yep. I want to see you act like a pro. The most important thing that teams do in the preseason is evaluate the bottom half of their roster. It's the guys like you and I were that were mm-hmm. trying to make the team. They're, that's who they're, they're trying to go like from 35 they're to filling. 53. They're filling that back end of the roster, the part that's going to churn. There are some quarterback position battles that you'll see unfold in the preseason because you never know how a guy's going to do when there's live, you know, tackling because you can't get that in practice. Yeah. But for the most part, it's the bottom tier of the roster. Uh, another game that I'm interested in watching. And this is, uh, for different reasons, obviously, because you have an established quarterback, is the Colts versus Seahawks. And you said don't play him. I say don't play him. What, cause when I watch, I'll be like every single Colts fan that's out there. Holding your breath. They'll be saying, oh my gosh, did he get up? Did he get up? Did he move <laughs> after this one? And the same thing, if it's the Seahawks who they're playing, if Russell Wilson, he won't, now he'll probably play a series, maybe, you know, just very, uh, sparingly, which most starting established quarterbacks do. Right. But even if he's out there, I'm thinking the same thing. I would not play my franchise quarterback in the preseason to, to risk it. It's not worth it. I guess my question is, and this is a question f- for you because I have no idea, what, why play anybody a series? If you're telling me you're going to play Andrew Luck a quarter, yeah, uh, and he gets his first series under his belt, sea legs under him a little bit, maybe he finds a little He'll bit of rhythm. He'll play one series, yeah. But why play anyone one series? Like, what is the point in that? What can you accomplish in one friggin' series? Well, the whole philosophy of the preseason is to get you ramped up so that you're ready for week one, right? I mean, that's okay. stating the obvious. So, they start you baby steps, one to two series, then the second game, you might play into the second quarter. The third game is when you're kind of peak preseason, so you'll play the entire first half and a little bit of the third quarter and then the fourth game you kind of take off so that okay. you're ready for week one but what like that i, I, I feel you. like I, one series just don't play him right. like roll him out All when he's it ready to play one hit for him to get hurt and you'll see a lot of starters won't play right and they want to find out if he can take the hit i've said this a zillion times if you want to what would you rather have would you rather have andrew luck you know a little bit rusty week one because he hasn't played in a couple years uh, and it takes him a little bit in the regular season, or would you rather not have him at all? Yeah, I'm with like, you on that. Pretty serious. I'm, I'm with I think you. it's a pretty I'm, easy yeah, answer. I'm you, with you. You'd rather have him a little bit Absolutely. rusty than, oh, hey, we saw him take a hit. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm a little bit curious, too, to watch the Seahawks, too, with Russell Wilson. This is his team. It is completely different look on defense. Gonna it's going to be totally revamped. Do you think they're going to be bad, the Seahawks? I don't think they're going to be very good. 
I think they'll be all right. I don't think they'll be bad because I think Russell Wilson is that good. And look what he did last year. He carried so much of their team. But I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. Right, 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 right. And that's the expectation that Pete Carroll has set now on that team. Yeah, I I don't expect them to do that necessarily. But I, for some reason, I feel like they're going to be worse than you think they're going to be. But I I don't know why. I just Right. No, it's fine. All right. This one, uh, another game. Texas Texans versus the Chiefs. I don't think there's a quarterback – there's two quarterbacks that I'm I'm watching that I think have a tremendous amount of pressure on them for entirely different reasons. Kirk Cousins with the Vikings because he had the big payday yep. and he's got his first time. He's getting the, really where a uh, franchise believes in him. The other one is Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. He has been given the keys to a Lamborghini. Like it is, here you go. But it's like giving a 16-year-old who just got his license the keys to a Lamborghini. Yeah. How does that work out? Sometimes he goes out there, gets five tickets. Maybe it's a bad wreck, something like it is not going to be smooth. He's not going to go just out there and cruise around at, you know, at 95, 100 miles an hour and, and everything goes perfect. It's going to be a rocky ride, and I'm curious to see how he handles it. I hope he does. He's a great kid. He's got, you know, an amazing arm, but it's there's going to be some bumps in the road, and you had the exact opposite of him at quarterback for the last few years, and it got you to the playoffs, and it wasn't enough. Right. Andy Reid is saying, I want something different. So you imagine Andy Reid cuts him loose? I mean, because I would say my first, my initial reaction would be like, Andy Reid needs to manage the situation, right? Like you, yeah. you could take some of that pressure off by managing um, what you're asking him to do. But the whole reason you have him there is to do some of the things that Alex Smith didn't right. do. Right. Which means you then got to cut him loose to like to Absolutely. see the arm and stuff. So. That's going to be interesting for me he's to see how Andy have, approaches. Well, he's going to cut him loose, and everybody's going to love about it. Don't forget, last year through about five or six games, Alex Smith was an MVP candidate. Right. And everybody's saying, look at all these big plays. Look at they're taking these shots to the end zone. And they were. And then, you know, you get in the flow of the season. He starts reverting back to being a little bit more conservative. But when you are conservative, and I'm not saying super check down guy, but when you're smart with the football, you can win a lot of games if you have good talent around you. And if you're not, it's really simple because, you know, as much as we analyze the game of football, it does a lot of times boil down to who protects the football, who doesn't make the foolish mistakes. Right. And he's going to make some some foolish interceptions, Patrick Mahomes is. The question I have is how many – is it going to cost them games? And is it going to cost them an opportunity to the playoffs? Because if it does, then you're like, well, what would we make the change for? Just to have a sexy offense and we're not winning games? And that's, to me, where it gets pretty interesting, if, I, if that's the case. I feel like Kirk Cousins has a similar situation, too, though. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of, I mean, he's not the 16-year-old. Right. But maybe, like, the 22-year-old. Oh, he yeah. some money, and he bought himself a Lamborghini. Absolutely. Because that team's ready to go, too, right? Yeah, absolutely is. Uh, yeah, that, that's, an, that's another. He's had driving experience. Right. And he showed he's got some he's got some flash to him. And now he gets to get in and have some fun. I think Kirk Cousins is going to tear it up. Like, I feel pretty good about him uh, just because he's been there. There's... We can have all these expectations until you've been there and done it. Look, I'm still not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. because he only did it for five games. And he went I need to see star. him. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> I need to see him do it for 16. Like yeah. you really have to prove it over the course of time. One little nugget that came out of training camp I thought was interesting. So Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, who's a gunslinger, threw a lot of interceptions early in camp. Andy Reid was asked about it in the media, and he's like, "Well." You don't, you want to be careful. You want to take your shots and you don't want to be that check down guy. Ooh. And it was totally a backhanded Ooh. just diss at Alex Smith who yeah. was left behind. Uh, so it was, uh, it was interesting to see. So that'll be a fun, uh, quarterback, uh, play out. And Deshaun Watson is not gonna, not expected to play, which is the smart move for Bill O'Brien, especially coming off the ACL. Don't play these dudes. How do you imagine Lamar looks in round two? Uh, who's that? Lamar Jackson. 
Oh, he's going to be all right. Yeah. yeah Better. He's, it's going to be a process. Yeah. He's got to get comfortable. You know, he's got to get comfortable within the system. So. Did he look nervous week, like week one? No, I, th- I think he, the game looked a little fast to me and looked like he was a little bit overwhelmed with just take a breath, like let it go. But yeah. you still saw some glimpses of his athleticism for sure. All right. Let's all get right. into the next segment called read and react. So, um, the top NBA matchups, obviously they started to leak the schedule yesterday. So we've got opening night Sixers at Celtics. Thunder at Wizards. I mean, Thunder at Warriors. Those are two intriguing matchups for various reasons. And then the Lakers, uh, their featured games were released. So you got October 18th at the Blazers. That's their uh, opener. October 20th at home versus the Rockets. That's their home opener. Um, and then both Christmas Day and MLK Day, um, they've got the Warriors. Man, we talk a lot about the Tiger effect in golf. I mean, look how much the focus is on LeBron. And it should be. like, But he is the driver of the NBA. And there's some big-time superstars. But those are the games that I'll be compelled to watch. Like, it really will be. I want to see the Sixers, a young team who's going to be, you know, one of the top teams of the East. I want to see what it looks like. And do they, you know, how do they face, how do they fare against the Celtics early in the season? But to me, it's more about LeBron and every single, because he's going to be much more on the cusp of making the playoffs. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot more positioning. Where is he? Are they on? Are they in? Are they out? And whereas opposed to when he was in Cleveland, it was, well, there's never going to be a doubt. They're going to make the playoffs. So there's going to be much more investment in the regular season in LeBron, which I think is a good thing for the NBA. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I think he's going to be a, I think they're going to be a solid playoff team though. I think they're going to surprise some people with the pieces that they put around LeBron, not the young ones, but, but the vets that have been, you know, talking all about these dudes. Them. Yeah, I do. I think, really? I think they're going to be able to figure it out for a year and put a product out there that's going to surprise some people. Um, and these are storylines too, like the six, six or Celtics, obviously you're getting Gordon Hayward back in Kyrie. And the Sixers, you would think, should take that next step because they've got these young, like, like on the cusp type of stars. But when you subtract shooting from today's NBA game, guys like Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, um, that space uh, like just disappears. And the league is all about space now. You have to have the opportunity to make those moves. So I, I don't think that they will have the type of year uh, that Philly fans want them to have. Thunder Warriors, obvious reasons. Russ, yeah. is, Russ is going bananas. LeBron um, going back to Cleveland. I think that's. That's the one. That's the one I want. You to see. are, so you yeah. really. But only to see how Cleveland, how Cleveland reacts to him coming back. Like oh, what I type think... of reception he gets, not just from the fans, but like from the from the arena staff, from the front office. Like I, I from Dan Gilbert and and Nate Forbes, the the, the managing partners of the uh, of the of the Cavs. I want to see what the reception looks like for LeBron when he comes. Don't back. you think it'll be warm welcome video I hope so. tribute i hope like, so hey every rousing ovation i hope Except so from dan gilbert like that's the only one i'm like it might be icy i'm sure he plays it right because he's seen how bad it can go if you don't you know i don't even know if he can help himself <laughs> like seriously like i know I've, I've met him numerous times and i know nice enough dude but i don't know if he can help himself in those type of situations like chip on the shoulder at all yeah. times guy uh anyway let's keep it moving so uh the raiders apparently and this is this is interesting to me because we have this debate all the time about guys holding out. So yeah. the Raiders, uh, after giving their offensive tackle Donald Penn, he held out last year uh, for 26 days. The general manager, Reggie McKenzie, said at the time that he wouldn't negotiate with the player not in camp. Uh, so he comes back, and between weeks one and two, he's given a two-year, $21 million extension, um, and they're now asking him to take a pay cut one year into the deal. <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah, like, are you right? No, I'm not giving back any of my money. I, I think it's interesting because when you hear these um, – reports first of all i'd be ticked that it got out there like how does this get out there who leaked it who had the information is it is his agent is it somebody is it khalil mack like does he have some aspect of this where he's getting it out there uh to try to put some pressure on the raiders 
I'm curious to see what it means, like the pay cut. Because a lot of times when you hear pay cut, it sounds really bad, but they're just going to restructure your deal. They'll right. give you a little bit more money up front, and they'll tax them on the back end. It's really a salary cap trick. But it is interesting that Donald Penn was not happy about this, and he was ticked off that it came out there. But it's part of the game. And the teams that have the most success in the NFL, in large part, a lot of times it doesn't get talked about a whole lot, are the teams that handle the cap the best that have the space and it's similar to the NBA. Like that's why the Warriors are doing so great right now is because they have all this space and they've handled it yeah. and drafted well. A lot of times that's what it comes down to. And if you're Donald Penn, I think he's reacted. His reaction is what I think the fans reaction. But I think if you delve deeper into it, I don't think it's as blatant as, Hey, you're not going to make as much money. It's just restructured money, which is hard to, uh, uh, to comprehend. It's hard to explain. But that, in my mind, because they're not going to ask him to take less. Like, you're not going to make as much. To me, it's going to be uh, funneled differently. I really – so I – there are times <laughs> when I laugh at NFL players when they're talking about, like, the, the NBA money and stuff like that. It's kind of funny to me. But then in situations like this, it becomes very real. Like, yeah. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a guy. And I got what you're saying, that they're not going to just take him to a 50% pay cut or anything right. like that. But the uncertainty of, like – knowing that at any given time what you've already agreed to play for can be taken away from you just because it's got to be like a terrifying thing. It, it, I yes, would never it be, is. I could never perform under those, like under those uh circumstances. I yeah. just, I just couldn't, I would be so nervous to get out there and get injured or drop a ball. Like I think it would just backfire on me. That guaranteed money is you know that there's security there. You can relax. You can play. You can do your job, uh, knowing that you've earned that. And I, and, you know, it's a player friendly league, the NBA, obviously. The NFL, why it's been, you know, so successful and why, and why fans and general managers and people like that love it is because there's control there from that side of it. And you know, the counter argument, and I think there's a little bit of validity, validity, validity. Is you're playing this. for your supper. They're motivated. Right. And they're not going to take off years, but like because I not think that I many NBA guys, guys take off years. There's right. there, there are guys that take off years, um, but not that many. Like right. the product the NBA puts out there is it's a fantastic product. Like guys have too much pride. Like there's a competitive element in this too. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. yeah, I've got my money, but I'm a competitor. I still want to go out there and win. So I don't I don't buy into that as much as other people do. I, I hear the argument, right? But I don't think it's that valid, right? Um, all right. So last one. CBS Sports pulled around 26 uh, FBS coaches to ask who they'd like to share a bear with. And Mike Leach ran away with it, 29% of the vote. Uh, a few years ago, they did it in college basketball, um, and CBS pulled a bunch of college basketball coaches, and Bob Huggins ran away with that. So I love this. My, it, it, he's it the pirate, be, right? It's Yeah, he's the pirate. He's the, <laughs> the kind of, he's always off the rails. He's written a book about pirates. Like, he's always the guy who gives you the best quotes. I would say this. There probably aren't very many that I would actually want to, unless you're, like, hardcore and you just want to talk to X's and O's football. A lot of these guys, that's all they know. Like they, they don't know how to sit down and tell stories and talk about other things like Mike Leach, like Mike Leach does. It's more of, hey, well, you know, I got to get back to work. Like they're so ingrained in them, right? Just football, football, football. That if you love that, and that would be fun to do for some people. But if you're thinking, hey, it's gonna be a fun laugher, like great story times. A lot of times, it's not what you're gonna get. Lane Kiffin, I think he would be fun. Because I would get, I would get him a couple and have some yeah. dirt on everywhere he's been. Um, what happened to USC? What happened to Bama? And I think he would share it. Ed Orgeron. 
Yeah, he could no. move on. Now he would no, he would be he would be a football guy, but I also could see him like taking off his shirt and doing something <laughs> crazy like late night, like just having like you're jumping in, going with Mike the Tiger, like right. to challenge him in a wrestling right. match. Like, I could see Ed Ogeron <laughs> going nuts. So there there are some good ones for those reasons, right? But a lot of them, like yeah, yeah, you're talking. What are you gonna get? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, gotta bless your heart. Over. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh. they want we'll to break down. Want we'll to do a deeper dive and the and the, what you would do and what you would like on a on a night out with a yeah. coach. Like what kind of stuff you would get to. All right, coming up, NCAA made a rule change. I think it's a good thing, but it could be way better. We're gonna delve deep into that next on Off the Bench. And I think he has every right to do that with every coach or anybody in the organization that he has relationships with, um, which, you know, we certainly do quite often with all players at all positions. Uh, but, you know, look, this, this is probably a lot more important to people outside this organization than it is to people inside. Oh, there is Nick Saban obviously addressing Jalen Hurts' comments from last week. You know who it's important to? Jalen Well, Hurts. that's what I'm going to say. You're, <laughs> right. The fact that you would even come out and say that shows how little regard you have for, like, the, the individuality of the players in your program. And while your overall goal is to build the program and you shouldn't be, like, necessarily concerned with, with who wants to start every minute, there's certainly personal relationships that you should have and you should care about someone's well-being to some degree. And I think him getting up there and, and downplaying the hell out of it like that just shows even further in my book that he gives two stuffs about Jalen Hurts and who he is as a person and what his future looks like. All he gives a damn about is Bama football. Good for you, dog. Right. He wants the ultimate team. Everybody buys in. It's a bunch of robots all buying into the thing. I, I, as much as he said it's not that big a deal, it is a big deal. And he's trying to nip into the butt, especially at SEC Media Day. His opening comments, he didn't even take a question. He said, you guys in the media are the ones that are creating this quarterback controversy. Nope. It's a real thing, and you should be open and honest about it instead of saying it's us making it up. There is a quarterback controversy because you benched your starter at halftime of the national championship game. And Correct. it's a good problem to have, but it's not us making up. No, you, call, you created that. Like, that was your decision that created that. And, right. But I get where he's coming from. Like, as the coach, you gotta do that, right? right. I wanna put this to bed. We have to move on. We, we gotta, we have a season to play. We're the favorites again. Um, so I do understand why Nick did it and would have probably done it the same way. Um, having said that though, dude, like, when I go back to Jalen and I think about the comments and nobody even talked to the dude, no one asked him about where I, he was or what is like, that's crazy had to, to me. Do, do you think Nick Saban pulled him in his office? I he had to have. After he, after the coach, yes, of course. I would hope so. So hopefully now there is an open line of communication where they say, and I'm sure it was a one like Nick Saban saying, Hey, we thought you knew this is a competition and this is how it's gonna be. But there had to have been something. You have to address it because it was the big elephant in the room. I think it went more like, dude, don't do that again. Yeah, that like, probably shut too. your mouth and yeah. do what you do. I, Jalen Hurts needs to leave. Yeah. Play bank <laughs> oh, oh man, bye. I don't know if that's the case, but we can have that argument another time. Uh, do moths bother you? Like, do they moths? like bugs? Like, do like I don't. I'm not spiders, a bug lover. But moths, they they're to me the least offensive yes, of like insects no that do you. So this umpire the other night was uh, in a game, and watch where this oh. moth comes from. It was actually. Embedded in his, in his ear. ear. Yeah, it's kind of nasty. That would bother me. But how did like how does it get that far? Like he, oh. he went deep in there to get it. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that affect your hearing? Have you ever seen like the viral clips of people like pouring like solution in their yeah, ear? Yeah, don't and, like, give a me a spider and stuff coming yeah, out. Yeah, that's oh. nasty. You put the wax in there and suck it out. Oh. That's awful. 
All right, so one of the biggest stories that came out yesterday was this NCAA rule change where there were two things that really summed it up for me because there was a whole big you know, release and they put it out on their website and it was commitment to change and all this, but there were two big things. One, the fact they're going to allow high school or college players uh, hire an agent. Right. It's elite players. We'll get to that in a little bit. Like, how do you determine elite? So they're going to let them hire an agent before they, you know, uh, actually be a pro, which mm-hmm. is a unique change. The other thing was, if they go undrafted, they can return to school, which I think is a great thing. Cause they sure. know a lot of guys get a lot of bad information and they say, Hey, I'm going to get, I'm going to be a lottery pick. And then they don't even get drafted at all. And they're sitting there with no other option. So they're coming back to school. So I think that's a really good thing. Overall though, I don't think this is any monumental shift in college athletics. Uh, and I think it's a step in the right direction, but I don't think it comes anywhere close to resolving any problems that the NCAA has. No, the, the pay for play situation that's kind of wide swept in college sports now has not been resolved by this. No. Now, I think you've done a good job of like protecting young men's futures to some degree by having, um, or allowing someone who's a professional and navigating those waters in terms of getting through the draft, um, having relationships with teams that could help Danny understand where he stands, you know, in, in the draft process, like allowing someone to help a 17 or 18 year old kid with that, I think is, is a responsible thing by the NCAA. Um, certainly allowing a kid who thinks he should be drafted and isn't drafted, allowing him to come back to school is an awesome thing. Like it does put the, the, the teams, in a kind of precarious situation because you may not know if you have an available scholarship while you're out there trying to recruit. You might have to replace your best player. You can't offer that scholarship until you're sure he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a little bit of cat and mouse waiting to see from the teams. They'll have to adjust. But I think it's the right call from from trying to protect a player and trying to build young men and allow them to have the best potential future they can have. But, again, it does not address – like it's not going to stop a kid from, I don't know – um plantation florida or somewhere like that from taking 100k to go play in 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 right. in missouri if right. missouri offers them 100k there was a couple things i saw first of all like when they said elite like why have a specification why not anybody right why not right. anybody and the nca it's such a reactionary thing because this is basically a direct reaction to the fbi investigation it's not very pro proactive it's a specifically a reaction why is this only for basketball like yeah. why, why are why not football? Like why why not why not why not why not have every college student athlete have the same rules across the board? Like that to me makes no sense. Um the the thing about the elite determination like who defines that they said we'll let USA basketball determine that definition. USA basketball doesn't want that responsibility. They said they weren't asked about it by the NCAA. Right. It's kind of comical. You look foolish at these times and sometimes I'm like where is the common sense from the NCAA? Why can't they just Make it simpler. Simplify things. The best solution, in my opinion, is to go to the ma- the baseball model. Like, just let. So you would do away with the one and done. You'd let guys go. If you're a good high, if you're a good baseball player in high school, you can enter the draft. You can go pro. Good, right. good for you. Let that occur in football and let it occur in basketball. But if you don't, go to college. Then you're committed. You know, you can go to college. Now, if you want to have a tweak, I think three years is fine. If you have to commit three years, that's fine. If you want to make it two, so if a guy comes out and he has a great freshman year, he has to only one more year, he has to stay. But the best part about the baseball thing too, you can actually get drafted. I don't understand why it's only if you get undrafted. What if you don't get drafted where you thought you were going to get drafted? Like, what if you're a second round pick and the money is drastically different? Right. Why can't you decide then to go back and increase your value? Uh, the next year, because you can increase your value in college and, and do it there and then go back in the next year. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one for me because in 
like you would then be like that's the risk. There's got to be some gamble, right? I mean, other like you have kids just throwing their name in the hat everywhere, and it's just going to dilute. It's going to dilute the hell out of the baseball. draft process, though. Like, say I'm a say I'm a second round pick potentially, yep. and you got 25 freshmen throwing their name in, and everybody's going to take a flyer on them in the second round. I could have been a second round pick, and they all wind up going back to school, and now I'm over in Europe playing. So it's going to it'll it have a trickle down effect on the teams to evaluate better. And yeah, but the teams, smarter with their picks. They're not gonna, they're not gonna value, like these teams in the NBA, I've sat in those front offices. They're, it, ta- uh, talent is tantalizing, bro. Like measurables, they can't get, they can't stop. Like it's, you know, I, I don't even know what the, what the right analogy for it is, but it would be like, hey, don't touch that. And they're like, oh my god, it looks so pretty. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I gotta, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. You know what I mean? Like it's, they can't help it. So you'll still have them swinging wildly at all of this talent, um, because they want the young ones. They don't, they don't want, um, the 21 year old senior, they, they don't, but don't you think after a couple times and maybe it takes a few years, I guess take some of these young ones and the young one says, I thought I was gonna be a lottery pick. I'm not signing for that money. Yeah. It would take, it would, school, it would take a while. Like, oh, maybe we don't take one of those young guys, but then it, uh, it basically for me, it's the most player friendly, which is, I want that happen. It is player friendly, but they, what the thing would be like, you, you would probably keep drafting them anyway, because these are, that, that's financially not on your books, right? They go back. Right. What have you missed? Like you didn't miss on anything. Like you took a flyer on the kid, you decided <laughs> not to come. That's money you don't then have to spend. Like a lot of guys. Don't necessarily want their second round picks to be on their team anyway, right? right. They're stash fillers. They, right. They stash them or they're going to bring them in for training camp and wind up doing something with them anyway. So, you know, I don't know, man. They, I agree with you though. I like the baseball model. I don't yeah. know how you would, how you would implement that, how long it would take for those teams to kind of get the hang of it and, and do it the right way. But I, they do need to address the pay for play because that's not going anywhere. And the money in, as the end money in the NBA grows, as the shoe companies are making more money, as everyone is making more money, like you're, you're, you think the college kids aren't going to be making more money? You think right. people are going to stop paying them? They're right. going to stop paying the high school seniors? Yeah, I, I disagree on the whole pay for players. Like I don't think they should be paid by the NCAA because I think they should pay all athletes across the board the same. Like I think there should be some sort of structure there, but I don't want to prevent guys from making their money. That's why I would say if you're good enough to go to the NBA out of high school, then go ahead. Right. That's, that's where I, that's where I would like to see the change take place as opposed to blank, blowing up the whole NCA system as we know it, where you get the scholarship and that's sort of your compensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's move on. All right. Well, coming up yeah. next, uh, we got Kirk Cousins sent a tweet. Yep. Uh, we'll pick PGA champ and Jalen Brown was on with somebody saying that the Celtics are guaranteed to make Woo! the finals this year. All of that guaranteed. Uh, coming up next on off the bench with Canelo Bell. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. Earlier in the show, we talked about Kirk Cousins having all this pressure on him, right? He's yeah. got the guaranteed money. Lambo. Yeah, he's got the Lambo, but he's also pretty good on social media. Like, he puts a lot of stuff out there. There was a great picture of his son the other day at practice. He tweeted out something the other day, though, that caught my eye, because he said, I guess I'm getting old. Today, a teammate said he didn't know who Cal Ripken Jr. is. What? Like, he could not believe Cal that Ripken a teammate. Jr. Oh, stop it. Stop it. You know who Cal Ripken <laughs> yeah, I know is. Cal. I know you know it. He's an icon of baseball, yeah, right? for sure. So... We're being hard on these younger players, uh, his teammate that didn't know who this was. So let's go back in time. We're going to play a little game, all okay. right? And we're going to see how we would have done if we were in a similar situation, all right? All right. So this player uh, would have been uh, 17 years ago. So Cal Ripken, let's assume the player was a rookie. That's probably what it was, the right. Kirk Cousins guy that right. he was talking about. So Cal Ripken retired 17 years ago. So the kid was like four or five years old when Cal Ripken retired. So was he expected to know him? So we're actually going to test each other's knowledge about a couple guys who played 17 years before your rookie season. Okay, right, Raja. So you got to tell me these dudes. What team did they play for? Jim Palmer. Jim Palmer. Uh, you remember what position he was? A pitcher. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, Jim Palmer, the Yankees, maybe. It's always a solid yeah. guess. Baseball, go the Yankees. He was not. He was an Oriole. An Oriole. Okay. An Oriole for right. a long time. He like was Cal also Ripley. like one of the like. Sounds kind of weird, but he was like he was known for being one of the sexier dudes. Like he had an underwear ad. Oh, okay. like I don't know. Like that's. <laughs> was I supposed to know that? To that was... No, I don't think you are. <laughs> I still get a place. Right. I didn't want to go. How about Yaz? How about Carl Yastrzemski? Carl Yastrzemski. I want to say one of the. I don't. I want to say one of the Sox, either the Red Sox or the White Sox. <laughs> I'm going to say, is it, was it the Red Sox? No, it was, it was Red Sox. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Stick with yes, it. Yes, 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 very done. Very well done. Uh, how about Johnny Bench? I was a catcher, Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, you yeah, the big no red doubt. machine. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, was, yeah. I remembered him being on the shows like Inside This Week in Baseball, right. like all those, and hosting the kids' shows, the yep. baseball bunch. Like that's the where the baseball remember bunch. Remember that was oh, a my fantastic God. show. They need to re- They need to bring that back. Like the basketball bunch. Uh, all right, so here we go. Right, we got. got let's go, um, Lou Brock. Oh, we're doing baseball guys. Yeah. I thought we were doing football guys. Nah, no, no. Well, I was doing baseball. How the hell am I going to do baseball? You going to do football? All right, Brock was a cardinal, right? Lou Same Brock was cardinal. Yep. Yeah. Uh, catfish hunter. Uh, he was an Oakland A. Uh, I think that was the team he was most well known for, yeah. right? Oakland A and a Yank. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to go with the Yankees yeah. too, but I was trying to think. Oh, look at you! Uh, but you play baseball, dude. Oh. All right, Willie McCovey, Giants. Bam! Whack. I don't think call something McCovey. Play. McCovey, McCovey. Out with it. Yeah, McCovey Cove. Yeah, there is that it is. It? Yeah. yeah. So you All got right. it. Look at you even know that too. That's Bam. Dope. So you I'll beat me it. three for three. All right. Is that a competition? <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that game. We'll have to do more of those, uh, test our knowledge of history. Cause I am not a sports buff. Like I am not good with trivia. And stuff. I, I love sports trivia. You do? Yeah. Baseball, not my yeah, wheelhouse, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, look at that. So picks and props. We're going to update these. We're going to start from scratch when the season starts. We do some real things, but. Let's do a little, uh, a little golf because we, we previewed a little bit the PGA championship yeah. yesterday. We talked about Tiger. Uh, is there anybody that you would say out of the top 10 or 12 favorites that you would put money on? Um, I like DJ this week, but at eight to one, I don't know that the value is there. I would never take the favorite in golf. Right. Um, good enough value for me. Uh, you know who I would take? I take a flyer. I, I take a flyer on, um, John Rahm at 28 You're to one down there. Yeah. Yeah. Arizona State grad. Not only that, but he, like, he, he, there was a thing I saw on him last week at Firestone where he was talking, it was a commercial where he was talking about loving the pressure and loving to, loving to kind of get in a bad situation and play his way out of it. Like, I, I, I like his mentality. I like to watch him play. I actually did take a flyer on Tiger Woods for the British Open. He was 22 to 1. He's 25 to 1 here at the PGA Championship, but I'm not going to touch it. I will, I'll go with Ricky Fowler. A Ricky Fowler has been this guy who feels like He's the best player without a major next to his name. Yeah. It's like he's getting closer. Can he have that breakout moment? So it's kind of a sentimental pick because I like him. I want him to do well. Right. So I'll, I'll take a flyer. He got, he got, he was getting crushed on the broadcast last week because he had a comment about, um, saying like, yeah, they asked him about his major situation and he was like, you know, I'm not going to force it. Like when it's, when it's going to come, it's going to come and, and kind of really mellow about it. But like, those dudes were not like Nick Nick and Faldo and them. Right. We're like, what do you mean you're not forcing it? That's exactly what you have to do. Like you have to dig deep and figure it out. And I was There is something, and it kind of goes to guaranteed money and how motivated are you play. Ricky Fowler's made a boatload of money. He's yeah. probably one of the most marketed players on the tour. When you watch the commercials sure. during the tournaments, uh he's got a really nice setup, he's got a really nice life, he's won a bunch of regular tour tournaments. So is he that like desperate to get a major? Maybe not. Yeah. And it's the, like something that comes from within, like you either have that killer instinct, I want to be the best, or 
I want to be really good and I can have this great life. And if I win a major, that's great. And that's, that to me seems more like that's his mentality. Right. And that's, that can be okay too. It's just not what fans want to hear. They want to hear when you go out there and do it every single time. Right. Right. Uh, all right. So the Eastern Conference odds came out of who's going to win this thing. And your boy Jalen Brown said there's no doubt about it. Like, no doubt. Said that you don't even need the odds. Celtics are the favorite, uh, from Vegas at plus 135. But he had a, uh, a quote said, no question on CJ McCollum's podcast. No question the Celtics will make the finals in 19. I hate how everybody is like, oh, LeBron's gone in the East. I know he did have a stronghold in the East for the last seven years, but he barely got us out there last year. Uh, barely got us out there last year. Man, he's not beating us again. He's going all in. He's saying guaranteed. Doug, well, it doesn't matter whether he barely got you out of there last year. Bull, he got you out of there. He got you yeah. and your team out of there the last couple years. That's a rat. I don't care if you won by one point. Uh, but I, I think that they're going to be in the Eastern. I think they're going to win. <laughs> you are. So you think yeah. he's right. I think he's correct in that, yes, there's... Guarantees don't mean anything anymore. Because everybody makes them. Raptors. It's really not as epic a deal. I know. Look at Kawhi. I hear you. Um, I hear you. All right. So uh apparently Hannah has some socially relevant news for us that involves Kawhi Leonard. Huh? All right, guys, this just happened this morning. So after weeks of silence from Kawhi Leonard and his trade to the Raptors, the former San Antonio Spurs forward has finally said goodbye to the organization and his fans. So here's a little bit of what he had to say. He said, quote, I've been going back and forth the last few weeks trying to figure out the right things to say, and it comes down to two simple words. Thank you. He continued by honoring Greg Popovich, saying, quote, I'll always be grateful for, for my growth under your guidance. While I'm looking forward to the next chapter in my career, I'll always remember the city and the people of San Antonio. So, guys, it has been three weeks since he left. Does this still feel genuine to you? That is not – that does not feel genuine. I'm glad you said genuine because it was the word – that does not feel genuine. Like, dude – by almost everyone's account, except your own, you wanted to leave San Antonio for a bigger market. You were not. If you really loved that place, you'd have been with Pop and them last year. Whether you could play or not, you would have been around the team. You would have been hanging out with those people. You would be doing what people who love each other do, spending time with them. You chose not to do that. You were somewhere else doing your rehab. All of that spoke to you not really getting down with the organization and the people in it. So I don't buy that, Kawhi. While I didn't hold it against you, um, the wanting to leave if you were injured and stuff like that, this one doesn't feel real to me, partner. No, to be honest with you, I actually thought that it, the statement was done when it said, I've been searching for all these words and I found the right ones. Thank, Thank you. you. I thought that was going to be at the end of it. Like I, and I thought that would have been perfect because he never speaks. He right. say a whole lot. But that is totally a statement that's been thought out, planned, and probably – Sent out by his agent and his people, yep. and not Kawhi. They're trying to the rehab. right thing to do. Yeah, they're trying to rehab his image. Yeah. Which they need to do uh, the best thing for him though is to get back on the court, start playing again, and people will forget about this uh, part of his career. Right. right, right, right. All right, guys. On a much lighter note, imagine just hanging out, enjoying your Saturday morning, and you suddenly get a direct deposit for a hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars. That's Sign what happened <laughs> to Thomas Fleetwood. He is a 58-year-old gentleman living in Florida. His friend tweeted out a screenshot of the wire transfer. I guess it pays to have the exact same name as a PGA pro. So, Danny Raja, this guy needs to get the Good Samaritan Star Award for the year, right? Yeah, dog. What are you like? I, what, what would you, you doing? Do? <laughs> I wouldn't have told anybody. I'm not sending any tweets. I'm keeping it under wraps. I might even move it out of that account. Damn right. Another one. All the Caymans. Yes. We're dropping that in offshore, dog. Exactly. What are you, what are you doing? thinking? How crazy would that be, though? To all of a sudden open your account, it's a hundred grand richer. And it's funny because in the in the list of transactions, it's like Walmart, sixteen dollars, <laughs> like getting gas for ten bucks, and then all of a sudden a hundred k. 
dropped in there. But what are you thinking? No, good for him. He did the right thing. I'll have to teach my daughters that one. I can, I can use that as an example of what you should do. Say, hey, guys, this is what you should do. All no, right. We got, yeah, for sure. Every time. Hannah would be out there in South Beach spending it all. <laughs> no, I would not. All right, guys, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell. Danny, what's coming up next? All right, it must be a season to like players call out what happened last year and guarantees for next year because Alvin Kamara, he said something that I totally disagree with. That's coming up next in Topics. All right, uh, welcome back. Uh, let's get into a segment we call Topics, Danny. Let's go from the top. Alvin Kamara had some comments. Obviously, the Saints lost to the Vikings in the divisional round of last year's playoffs with the Minneapolis Miracle. Um, he says if they had won... Um, they would have advanced to the Super Bowl, even though the Vikes lost 38-7 to to Philly. Kamara said yesterday, we'd beat the sh** out of the Eagles because we was rolling. If we won, I knew nobody was going to stop us because we all we came all the way back. I mean, if he's your teammate, you love him, you ride or die, like it's all good. But why say that? Why bring it up now? And you were right. Like you should, First of all, you should have taken out the Vikings. You were one play away, and Stephon Diggs, you know, the miracle in Minneapolis, is the rest is history. But what good does this do to go out there and, and say this? Like it doesn't do any good to go out there and do this. It's the same thing that Jalen Brown just had a minute yes. ago, bro. It, it, like, if ifs was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Right, you know right. what I mean? Like I love, right. I love my little Miamiisms, bro. I learned all these when I got here at 13 years old, so they still fascinate me. I love but it, it didn't go down like that, bro. Right. Just let it ride. Right, exactly. Just let it go. Let it go. Do it on the field. Yeah. To, like the Eagles, tip your cap to them. Why? Why take away from what they did? Right. I get it. You're bitter. I get it. You didn't. You didn't get there. You didn't get your opportunity. But let 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 sleeping dogs lie. Correct. All right. Next up, Joe Kim Noah. He's been all over the place, right? He's out yeah. in the jungle, like giving words of wisdom from the jungle. He's training in Hawaii. The other day, he was actually caught by TMZ. He was changing his drawers in the middle of like Beverly Hills, like on the right. side of the road, and they caught him butt naked. Yeah, not like keep your boxers on, changing buck naked, like trying to cover up. Uh, but he also, so he might maybe he's out there shopping in Beverly Hills for a new team uh-huh. because it looks like uh, the reports are coming out that the Knicks plan to use the stretch provision to waive the 12-year NBA vet. Uh, after they signed him this massive deal, it was one of Phil Jackson's genius moves. Hey, he's a genius coach, but not so much as a front office guy. Uh, four years, $72 million deal he had under Phil Jackson. Joachim Noah is a really interesting cat. Um, little, a little weird, maybe off the beaten path, but a good dude. Yeah. Like, and there was a time where he was as you know invaluable. Well? I don't know him well. I know him to, you know, yeah. kick it and talk to him a little bit, but not, not like, in numbers in our phone type of situation, but he's a good dude. Um, and at one point was as invaluable to like a franchise there in Chicago as there was a guy in the NBA. I mean, he was an all-star guy could do all, a little bit of everything that didn't do anything excellent except really like defend and rebound. And, and he was a quarterback of your defense, kind of like Tyson Chandler was, but more skilled than Tyson Chandler. That contract that Phil Jackson gave him was one of the worst contracts like ever. I think he had just come off an injured season. Uh, the tread was already looking like it was thin on the tires. Um, and so he's the type of dude that he's banked a whole lot of money. Maybe, I don't know, I've seen some videos of him this summer. Maybe, just maybe, he's a minimum guy that helps someone get over the hump. Like a good backup, defensive-minded dude for one of these, like, teams that that are knocking on the door. I mean, I could see him. I could see, like, a Golden State situation <clears throat> for him. I, their roster's already probably completely full. But that type of situation for Joaquin, because he could still mentally get the job done. Physically, there are some issues now, though. I can't stand him. <laughs> you know why? Because he played at Florida. Oh, like, yeah, and I watched I, him yeah. win those national championships with Florida. I couldn't. But I also do feel like he's the player 
that he's one of those guys, and it's such a cliche, but it's true. If he's on your team, you love him. But if you're playing against him, he's that nuisance, the guy who's not afraid to get dirty, to you know, get in the scrum, yeah, totally talk a lot of trash, just be annoying. But I, if I have the feeling, if he was on my team, I would probably like him and like to hang out with him because he is a different dude. Yeah, he's, he's a, a good dude. Guy. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, and good dude to hang out with too. Yeah, <laughs> you hang out with him in Chicago one night, one summer. He's a good dude. All right. Anyway. Wait, wait, wait. What, what happened in Chicago one? No, night we were there for we were there for a golf trip. Man, I took my we do a guys trip like every summer. Yeah. Me and my buddies went to Chicago. We hit Wrigley Field and did all the did all the stuff. And then we ran into Joakim Noah one night in some underground uh place. We had we had a good time. All right, yeah. good, good to know. Um, all right, so we about to get we, the details off air. <laughs> we've seen pro athletes dress in disguise uh and not have fans recognize them, right? But what about their own teammates? That's what happened Dirty, at their training camp. Uh, so backup quarterback Chase Daniel was asking starting quarterback Mitch Trubisky for an autograph. Uh, Trubisky had no clue. Uh, to be fair, <laughs> Daniels has had a pretty forgettable career. Uh, you know, so what do you, what do you think about that? All right, I there are, I'm jealous of a lot of people, but maybe none more so than Chase Daniel. <laughs> do you realize how much money he has made, and he has played hardly any snaps. I'm not even talking games. I didn't even know his NFL. name. He's he was bad. He was quarterback at Mizzou. Like he had a good, nice little career. I honestly thought when he was in Mizzou, I thought maybe he'll get a chance in camp, and he might get some opportunities, some looks. He the, the Eagles signed him to a twenty-one million dollar. He what? was making seven million dollars a year as a backup quarterback in the NFL, and he still had never played in the NFL. It's the best job I, in sports. You can't even find his stats online for how many games he's played. Uh, so he's had how many? How many? Attempts? Do you think he's attempted in his how many years? How many years has he been in? He's been in seven years. This is his eighth year. Um, fifty. So he's completed fifty-one. Okay, (laughs) fifty-one of seventy-eight for one touchdown and one interception, and he's translated that into millions and millions of dollars. The guaranteed money from Philadelphia was seven million. That's why I knew that was the money that he got. And kudos to him. Like I am a hater though because he's got all this. (laughs) That was hilarious because nobody knew who he was, and he has this bucket hat on where you couldn't really see him. But he went around to a bunch of dudes. Some of them caught him, like a couple of his offensive linemen. Caught him and was like, "Hey, I'm not signing." Like they caught him, right? But like, it just speaks volumes to how you can be this anonymous dude and walk around and they're screaming fans, just kind of flying under the radar. Mitch, Mitch was in classic like, you know, it's training camp, right? You go into just, the zone, you're not just... even looking. He's just signing and moving. I actually liked the interaction with fans. Yeah, me I too. did. I like to get over there and talk a little junk, and I'd hop over and take selfies and stuff. I, there was a fan even in camp, even in camp, dude. I liked I. I liked the interaction. I was very appreciative of the fact that I had a fan, yeah. a single fan. So anybody that wanted my autograph, like I was like, this is cool, dude. Like, like I told the USBL story yesterday. Yeah. From where I came from, like it was all, that was all good with me. Um, there was a dude in, um, in, uh, Sacramento when you play Sacramento, he would come and they'd make you like artwork of like all of your like tops cards or your FLIR cards or whatever they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, he put together like frames worth of all of your cards and stuff for you. And, oh, and, Year after year, they'd bring you something, and they'd want you to send them something back. Like, or he'd want my shoes or something. I'd be like, dude, I, I, like, I can't get you my shoes. I like to wear shoes out. Like, right. I wore them until the the tread was gone off of them. And he was like, hey man, can I give you my address? Will you will you send it for me? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh dude, you're never gonna send them. And I actually sent him a pair of shoes, dude. The next time I saw that dude, like, I made his year. Right. Like, and they were just my shoes. They weren't like I gave him Steve Nash's shoes. But the fact that someone took the time to actually send him something. And was appreciative of like all the time he spends making the art. It meant a lot to the dude. So I, mean, I always enjoyed that. The real, the bottom line is those fans are why players make so much money. Yeah. And it's really easy just to make them feel special for a second. For sure. Just even to say, hi, how are you doing? Like just smooth it. Like it's so easy. It doesn't take a lot of effort. And yet some guys don't do it. And it's very yeah. frustrating, but they should. Uh, you know the Jordans I wore yesterday? Yeah. 
I'm not 100% sure they were real. <laughs> like, I think they were. I found them online. The but I, th- I think they were real. But there was actually, this is what made me nervous, is when you see stories like this. So there were five people were charged in trafficking fake Air Jordans mm. worth over $70 million. Mm. They face a maximum of 20 years in prison. So how many pairs of shoes could you get uh, for $70 million? 27,000 pairs of Jordans you could get. How much, how much, uh, like, how can you tell too? Like, you know, I have like, no idea. Remember the fake Rolexes? Yeah. You can tell because the ticker on, on Canal the hand. Street and stuff. <laughs> the I ticker still don't wasn't know. smooth. The big thing for me now is spotting fake Cohibas. Oh. Like, I need to know, like, cause everybody's like representing like this is a Cohiba and I learned how to spot the fakes. Like, the dots aren't like, like, uh, really? straight lines are not linear. I don't know this. Like I gotta really get in on that. Yeah. Big, big market for like, for, for trafficking. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Stuff. There are. I, I, I need to know, like, is there a stamp? I need to figure it out. So <laughs> make sure my other ones are real. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Another episode of yeah. Off the Bench. We're going to do a bonus pot. We're going to do that right after this. We're going to record it. So check it out. It'll be out by, uh, noon today. We're going to do a little last chance you, which was renewed for another season. I was a little bit surprised at that. And we'll get a little bit more in depth into why I think that in our bonus pod. But we'll be back uh, tomorrow. As always, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Canel and Bell.